0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Ian McNally, and you're listening to the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. Hi, this is Gavin Yap here. Hi, and we are sponsored by Green Room One Three Six Urban Carry Gears. If you listen in to this pod, the rest of this podcast, you will be able to um, win your very own Green Room One Three Six Urban Carry Gear. Uh, we'll be giving away a black junk monkey. Um, mm-hmm. What is a, what is a junk monkey? It's a deluxe pro single strap urban bag with all the bells and whistles, served with steamed milk and whipped cream. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, if you listen <laughs> into the show, you'll hear a little bit more about that later on when we get to our email section. And if you'd like to uh, email us, you can email us at
1: podcast at com. At podcast at com. And that'll
0: be the email address for the competition later as well. Yeah. Jumping straight into the news, then. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not much news. No, there's not much news. <laughs> it's fucking January.
1: <laughs> it's January, and also it's, uh, you know, awards season is just uh, in, in full swing. We recently mm-hmm. had the SAG Awards, and the SAG Awards... Uh, I know, couldn't care less. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm not particularly bothered myself, but it, I did find it quite amusing because of all of the uh, controversy that's been going on with the Oscars. You know, mm-hmm. hashtag Os- Oscars so white. Yeah. You know, no black nominees. Uh, and um, the SAG Awards seems to be almost a direct sort of response to that. With, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Idris Elba picking up two two awards, he picked for Beast of No Beast of No Nation. Beast yeah. of No Nation, uh, best supporting actor for that, and he also won best actor for Luther.
0: Oh, and the TV category? I don't know how yeah. the SAGs work. Are you confused no, the SAGs, uh, the, the SAG Awards is both film TV and TV. television. Their categories aren't as fucked as the Golden Globes, are they? No, 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 no. Because, you know, the Martian's a comedy. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> the Martian is a comedy. <laughs> all I saw from
0: the SAG Awards was Leo hugging and Kate Winslet. Oh. That was GIFT on my timeline. You see, I, I got no time for gifts. Oh. No. You know, g- GIFs annoy me. I like gifs. Ah. They say so much while saying so little. Man, fuck gifs. Fuck you GIFs. <laughs> and we'll have no truck with pronouncing them GIFs. They're fucking GIFs and that's all there is to it. Yeah, for a while I wasn't too sure about that. Is
1: mm. it GIFs or GIFs? I don't care, it just sounds nice if you say GIF. You know, dual well, GIF is like a washing liquid a cleaning product, yeah. isn't it? It just always reminds me of that line from training day where Harris Ulan is uh telling Denzel Washington about the guy who uh shoved a whole bunch of peanut butter up his ass before he went to trial. And he was trying to get, like, as, when he went to court, he stuck his hand down, up, up his ass and then came up with a big handful of Jiffy Gif. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then he starts to eat it. Oh,
0: <laughs> and, and they go for the insanity Fuck. <laughs> I've watched that movie in a while. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um. what were you saying about the awards anyway? Oh,
1: uh, no, I mean, it, it just... um. You know, uh it it got a lot of press after because it was just embracing diversity in a way that the Oscars were not. Uh, but based on that, you know, Leo's pretty much a shoe in for best actor. Yeah. Um, as and Breed Larson seems to be a shoe in for the best actress for Room. I probably should have watched that on the plane. I watched bits of it over
0: someone's shoulder. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but a friend of mine saw it said it's amazing. Really? Yeah. It looked so. pretty amazing over that person's shoulder on the plane. Mhm. Drifting off.
1: Well, I mean, the, the reviews are Pretty glowing uh, all around, and it's getting a lot of awards attention. So at the very least, it must be watchable.
0: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> mm. Um, superhero news. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that Cartoon Network are going to do a quarter-hour animated TV series called Justice League Action, which will have Kevin, uh, Conroy, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, and Mark Hamill reprising the their roles
1: as Batman and
0: Joker. And um, I think it's Clancy Brown. Oh no, no. James Woods is Lex Luthor. Diedrich Bader is Booster Gold. Yeah. Is what they're talking about. But they're 11 minutes long, which is kind of weird.
1: Um, You know, I got, I got no problem
0: with that. No? I, I got no problem with 11-minute cartoons. It's pretty handy, yeah, for the busy man on the go like yourself. Yeah,
1: there you go. You know, when you're on the go, nothing better than an 11-minute cartoon.
0: 11-minute pop song absolutely it's a three-minute pop song version i guess of that
1: <laughs> uh but this is kind of interesting in the sense that um i mean kevin conroy never said anything about it
0: but mark hamill has did he not say he is vengeance he is the knight because he says that at every fucking convention and interview that he's interviewed on <laughs> well i mean he's a fanboy he gets off on saying it yeah but he has you
1: know um he pretty much re- he retired the character right after um you know after arkham asylum did he um, I, I do. I do believe that was supposed to be his last turn or as Arkham, the Joker. Arkham Knight. Arkham it. Knight. That's right. Um, ha- unless, of course, they were to do the Killing Joke. Yeah. And so they did the. You know, and they're doing the Killing Joke. And apparently, he is confirmed as the Joker for the Killing Joke. So I always thought that the Killing Joke was kind of like his swan song. Yeah. Uh, but um, I guess they must have dangled a check in front of his yeah. face cause
0: Do you want to come in and do like eleven minutes of work a week? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, it's not even like a. You know, I know. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he he they'll do probably that. do like a
1: bulk of episodes in one go. Yeah. But I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure he uh is getting compensated nicely for it. Oh definitely. You know, but not that I have any issues with it. I mean he, as far as I'm concerned, I, I never want to hear anyone else voice the joker. Yeah, he's the Batman you mean. The Joker. Mark Yeah, I mean
0: and Cam- you know, the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's your Batman. He's my Batman. He's my Joker. Yeah. That's the what you think when you hear them in your head you're reading the comic books these days? Mm-hmm. 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 Uh just seeing the headline there that Gwendolyn Christie confirmed that she's back as Captain Phasma in Episode Eight of Star Wars. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see if they actually just do nothing with her again. Be kind of interesting. If the it, whole time like she's just, it would be very funny. Like, yes, I am coming back. Yeah, but I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, she just stands there in the back of a room. Somewhere,
1: I, I guess you could say you know that covered my, in shit from my, my trash compactor. Yeah, I guess you could say that my role is on
0: par with um, Episode Seven. Yeah, which is right now she's somewhere around the level of Bosk or Dengar, I think. <laughs> And Dengar's cool, don't get me wrong. I like Dengar. <laughs> Do you remember who Dengar is? Which one is he? He's the one with the bandages
1: around his head. Right. What was the what was the name of the um the like the, the lizard? Bosk. That's Bosk. Bosk. Yeah. Like yes. a Bosk. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was I was I was getting confused. So so I yeah. I I thought I I thought, I, I, thought, I thought you were saying it as one name. Oh. No, Bosk, yeah. I've never been good at fucking remembering all of these random Star Wars names. You know, I just remember like, those ones because they were the best hunters. It's They're just cool. George Lucas just fucking, you know, halfway through a bottle of bourbon <laughs> just making shit up. I keep getting confused with Dameron Poe. Cameron Doe, or, you know, or Poe po Dameron. Dameron. Po, it's Poe Dameron. It is Poe Dameron. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's Poe Dameron or Cameron Poe. You always yeah. think, Cameron. It, no. You know, Cameron Poe. Isn't that Nicholas Cage's character from, from fucking Con Air? Poe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cameron Poe. Po. Po. We got to keep calling him
0: Poe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put the bunny back in the box.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I read this and I and I and I kind of made a mental note about it just out of pure amusement. Gwendolyn Christie
0: confirms her return as Captain Phasma I also learned something very important when I retweeted this saying like you know will they you know do nothing with it to keep the gag going and I got a lot of uh, retweets or qu- quoted tweets saying I hope they go for the gag and I was like two people said that And I was like that's weird mm-hmm. when I checked on their profiles they're both authors of sexual hardcore books <laughs> so they're all about the gags <laughs> Did you see the this this, this this picture that
1: Vin Diesel put up? Yeah. Um this is um how Vin Diesel chooses to sh- announce his involvement to, in to announce his involvement uh, to to show the first uh, behind the scenes picture of Triple uh, X The Return of Xander Cage. The return no one was asking for other no. than Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Triple X the Triple X franchise should be dead and buried. Yeah. It's- this is the third or fourth? This is the third one. The second one, he wasn't involved. The second, yeah, one, second was one was Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Ice Cube. A, a horribly miscast yeah. Ice Cube. Um, but yeah, this picture is... It's it's, it's the best possible way to,
0: to announce this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's him... Astride, uh, be, astride behind a green screen on a bike with um, a hot chick.
0: He's astride a, a bike that's doing a wheelie with a hot chick straddling him, essentially. Yeah, which is
1: and the, and the hot chick is like wearing next to nothing. She's yeah. like she's like in a two piece bikini. He's just got this face face. He's just got this look on his face, as is as if to suggest, you know, I'm having a Groot. Yeah, you know, right right now. <laughs> you know, and you're just. I can looking at it <laughs> and you're just thinking, what the fuck? Yeah. But are you are you are you pumped. I couldn't give a shit. Are you pumped for Triple X three? No. The return of Xander Cage. And I
0: never thought I'd say this. I'm more looking forward to the next Fast and Furious movie. Or as they're calling it Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the first one was directed by Rob Cohen. The second one I think was directed by Lee Tamahori. Uh-huh. Uh, this one is being directed by DJ Caruso, who has made um one film that I really really like, The Sultan Sea. Oh. Did
0: he do color he did a couple didn't he do one He with did he
1: also did Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. He also did I Am Number Four. Um I watched that piece of shit. Uh I, I watched about ten minutes of that piece mm. of shit and just couldn't get through it.
0: I was like what's your man from
1: Justified doing in this? What's his name? Um but um but DJ Crusoe is also he's also directed a bunch of T V stuff. But um the one film that he has done that I like is the Sultan Sea. If you haven't seen it I highly recommend it. Mm. With uh Val Kilmer. Um Adam, Adam Goldberg, fucking Vincent D'Onofrio. It's got an amazing Vincent D'Onofrio performance where he plays this guy called Pooh Bear. Oh. Um, and he's got no nose. Oh. You know, he's, he's done so much fucking coke that he's like, bur- you know, like just burnt his nose off or something. So he's got a fake plastic nose on.
0: Yeah. Isn't that a radio song? No, those are trees those, those are trees bitch <laughs> I must have been napping or maybe it's just since I saw what we do in the shadows but I didn't realize Taika Waititi is directing Thor Ragnarok when was that announced? it was announced some time ago yeah, oh you didn't know? at the time I didn't really realize who he was and now he's the effeminate vampire from what we do in the shadows it mm-hmm. just tickles me no mm-hmm. <laughs> Just you still need to see what we, do in the sh- what, we, what we do in the shadows
1: I still need to see that he's also got a movie that just premiered at Sundance that did very well um I can't remember the name of it though, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
1: it's yeah yeah it's it's something like fucking Shadow Forest or Shadowlands
0: or some or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean he's done a lot. I just I just again I just see him as the effeminate vampire from what we do in the shadows. Now it's very hard not to see him as that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is Um Green Lantern? Fuck. But yeah, it's yes. Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, okay. Um, and it's
1: been getting really good reviews. It's uh, been cre- create, creating quite a, a, quite a bit of quite a bit quite a stir. And he also directed the uh, Inbetweeners TV series.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, Thor 3 should be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the name of the kid? The fucking the Mingan one from uh, the Inbetweeners. What, Simon? Yeah. No, no, not Simon. The one who's the thickest shit one. Not the really thickest shit one, but oh, the, the filthy one. Oh, is
1: it, is it Joseph? Is it Joe?
0: Is it Joe? Maybe it's Joe. I,
1: th- I think it is Joe. If they just get
0: him and Thor, that'd be great. And just like a random Asgardian in the background. He's just doing like
1: sleepy time, sleepy time. <laughs>
0: it's Jay. Jay, fucking Jay, man. Zach, what's oh, his no, name?
1: No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Neil. It, wait, wait, wait. No, Neil is a dumb one, but Jay okay, is a Okay, yeah, Jay, one. Jay. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was just like Jay Gurning in the background holding a pike in fucking Asgard. That joke went on so fucking long. <laughs> Oh, Dick.
1: What's what's the name of the girl that um that, uh, that Simon writes her name in the fucking
0: driveway? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not is Stacey it
1: Kelly? Kylie. 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 It's like Kylie. I love you all from the from from the bottom of my cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I seem to watch those movies. I got like halfway through the series and then got distracted by something.
1: Yeah, but uh, the In betweener series that. Um, uh, that uh, he directed, it should be pointed out, is the American version.
0: Oh! Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Which I never saw. Neither did I. Because uh, what is the point? Yeah, it's it's English school. It mm-hmm. has to be English school. Mm-hmm. Good news to anybody who wants to build a Doc Brown time machine. It uh, looks like DeLoreans are gonna go back into production in uh, Texas. <laughs> Just Texas? Well, that's what they're making them. Right, right, right. Um, the company, like, there was a company that was making Replacement parts for the ones that exist still and they're only allowed to make so many or something like that And mm-hmm. there was a slight copyright thing with the you know Mr. DeLorean himself or his family were kind of pissed off that they were using their names mm-hmm. But they've come to an agreement now, so they're gonna start producing a small number relatively small um, They build about 300 cars to start with and they'll go from there mm-hmm. So if you're looking to get one you can get one you can get a refurbished one for forty five thousand fifty five thousand US dollars Well new ones will be available for less than one hundred thousand dollars I was going to use a Peugeot Renault Volvo engine so the biggest complaint from the old ones was that they're a piece of shit shouldn't be a big as much of a problem how much extra do you have to pay to get a Mr. Fusion on there? I don't know <laughs> even even if it doesn't work just have it on there oh yeah no fuck you, wanna yeah, get, you, know? you want to I mean, I, get I'm pretty sure people are selling body kits where you just buy that shit and put it on your car fuck put that shit on a pro I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind a DeLorean it'd be just fucking sweet <laughs> like, <laughs> driving around town be like Ready Player One just like driving around in this yeah. fucking DeLorean until you parked at uh, you know, one of time his car park and tried to open the gullwing doors and the prick beside you is just banging off his car. Damn, I ripped the fuel line. <laughs> <laughs> would you go white wall tires or would you go standard DMC, Back to the Future 1 ones? Uh, I'd go standard Back to the Future 1 ones. Yeah, I wasn't mad on the white walls. 250s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more news on Alien Covenant, which just sounds like, again, it seems like, you know... Numi Repace will it not just, be in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of get that impression. too. And when it the does. story, the story summary that they had attached to the story, just seemed uh, to this news article, seemed to just be like it said like just, ten years later, right? Yeah, they're doing like they're just avoiding things. Actually, you might be interested to see. Like one of the things you'd be interested to see after the last Prometheus, after Prometheus, was like, aren't they, aren't they going after those fucking things? Aren't they going? That's to the, me. At the end of the movie, it's like yeah. let's go to the fucking home world and fuck yeah. some shit up. Yeah, you know, I mean, daddy's fucking home, bitches. Exactly. Why, why can't we see that? And I brought my android head with me. There you go. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a decade later, it's gonna be a new group of losers who are all gonna to have to figure out what the fuck is going on again and not to pet the alien snake shit. The more the more you hear about it, the more it
1: kind of feels like Ridley Scott is this senile old bastard who is just like, you know, like you know when you have like this old person with Alzheimer's or something and, and they don't wanna let go of their teddy bear Yeah. or something, you know, it's like, No, no, my son gave this to me. It's yeah. like, you know, he didn't. Yeah. You know, it, it's It's mine. It's like it's not like it's not like you're James Cameron or something who originated this entire fucking yeah. game. You know, I mean um What? You know, I mean like like how James oh, Cameron yeah. like with like with the Terminator series or like with Avatar. Yeah. Or most things that James Cameron does, he originates it. Yeah. Whereas Ridley Scott essentially, you were a director for hire on the first alien. Yeah. You know, you... It was Dan O'Bannon and... Yeah, the other guy you know, I mean, over. I mean, you might have given some script notes, but you didn't write the script. The script was in existence way before you came on board. You just happened to know where to put a camera. Yeah, and,
0: and I mean... And you're really anal about lighting. And his, his teddy bears are labeled Aliens franchise and Blade Runner franchise. Yes. That's the two he's clinging to now, which yes. is just weird. Yes, it, it's Blade Runner 2 is going to start shooting in July. Yeah. Can that, can, is there any way that's going to be not awful? I mean, I think the chances of it being a decent
1: movie are, you know... You know, you, you you could lay odds on it. It's just a qu. It, 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 the pro you see, this is the whole thing with these things, is that you're talking about movies that, to make a sequel to Blade Runner, it doesn't. It has to be. You're 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 comparing it to a a stone cold science fiction classic. Yeah, and too many years have gone by, where now it is just sort of. It it's just it's crossed over into the place of legend now yeah yeah. so yeah. even if your movie is good it will never it, measure will, up it, to it. will never measure up to it and that's that's, that's the th- issue with it i mean prometheus
0: it's you know prometheus really was just an excuse to do a fucking cool trailer yeah and the ship looked cool and the suits look i was doing cool shit just the story that held them together wasn't great no i mean one thing that uh really scott can always be counted on is it'll you know it'll look good yeah
1: you know, I mean that that man <laughs> has yet to do a movie where you know people walk out of there going, "Man, that movie looked like shit." <laughs> no, no Ridley Scott movie yeah. can ever be accused of not looking good. No, I mean it was like you could, I mean Prometheus, you could, you could, you could almost smell the jizz that that uh, that that the designers
0: had fucking like left on the set uh, oh, because they that, were so pleased with themselves. That sh- that shit and their heads up displays and everything, and then they crew with some of the le- oh we've got two crewmen lost in an alien world Good night, y'all <laughs> we're not gonna you know we're not gonna worry about you guys or come out and get you we're just gonna leave you there and not only that I'm gonna go boned as chick. so you're on your own buddies hey it says the air here is breathable Hey, quick take Jump. off your helmets <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that every time I watch um, Cinema Sins they refer to the Prometheus school of running away from falling objects mm-hmm. where you run in a straight line in the direct path of the thing that's falling yeah you know I used to think Charlize Theron was intelligent mm-hmm. but after that shit Oh, I think there was so much missing as well from that shit, like the whole like it, the, the father thing was was other things supposed to go on mean it's i the
1: the thing is though I mean th- about Prometheus is that it's really not a bad film, it's just that it was supposed to be amazing, yeah, and that that is the major issue with it i mean you can get, you can sort of like ignore the fact that you know a couple of characters do some stupid shit. But it goes... When all of them do stupid yeah, shit? Yeah, when though? all of them stu- do stupid shit, it kind of goes beyond that. When the geologist who has the mapping tools gets fucking lost. You know, I was much more excited about what Neil Blancamp was was uh, was prepping yeah. than this. And that's now an indefinite hole, right? Yeah. So, so, in other words, it's not happening. Yeah. You know that Michael Bean's just fucking... Jesus Christ, how many near misses... <laughs> how many near misses do I have to have really? with, like, mega franchises? Yeah you know it's like terminator mega franchise sorry yeah. aliens mega franchise sorry yeah did i tell you about the interview that uh, michael bean did where uh with with Ain't it cool Any cool did this uh, sort of Any cool uh, legends sort of section mm-hmm. where they interviewed different people and he was one of the first people they interviewed and it was with his uh now wife jennifer blank bean mm-hmm. and they were talking about that about you know how he felt about being left out of the alien fran- the alien franchise uh because when they were doing aliens you know james cameron did share his ideas for the next film oh. and the next and if james cameron had done a third alien if he had if he had done aliens 3 it would have been the three of them as a unit as a family unit yeah. uh which makes the most sense when yeah. you you know and even, the setup is, the other you thing. know, and even James Cameron, like, remember that huge uh, box set, the Alien Quadrilogy, yeah. where they interview James Cameron about it. And he's like, you know, you build up, you know, you set this shit up and then you go ahead and just fucking kill everyone. <laughs> 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 you know, you get people to care about motherfuckers. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Michael Bean was saying that um, when he found out what, what, they would do, what they had done to his character um and he also uh, a friend of his was in sort of like the uh, the the model room or the prop room or whatever and had seen this um, the dead this makeup dead hicks. yeah the, the dead hicks uh, and, in, and 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 uh, and he called up his agent and is like isn't that like, don't, don't they need to fucking get my permission <laughs> for this kind of shit? And, and uh, his agent was like, You're absolutely right, Michael. Calls fucking Fox up and like, You need to pay my client like, like, like those rights. rights yeah. You know, and like, Will you take this? And he's like, I'm not taking that. And apparently, David Fincher called him up, called Michael Bean up. And according to Michael Bean, Michael Bean said, Fuck you. Michael Fincher said, Fuck you. No, no. Ma- Michael, Michael Bean, said, Michael, Michael on the phone with long <laughs> <David> distance <Fincher. laughs> to David Fincher, said, Fuck you fuck you for not putting me in your movie and uh at the interview i think it was uh um what, what what's the fuck? i mean i can't remember what the, the interview was like really you said that even jennifer even his wife was like you said that yeah, yeah. it was like well i didn't know who the fuck he was <laughs> hey, you, know, you gotta remember I mean, like he hadn't you know this, just in music videos by that point he hadn't done seven you know yeah. i mean and i was pissed i was fucking pissed <laughs> But, but the it but the Cool Guy was just like, dude, I fucking love you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sticking it to the man.
1: Fuck you for not putting me in your movie.
0: I'm sure David Fincher appreciated seeing that everything went to shit on that movie as it was anyway. Uh, was it, 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 he gave up, didn't he, after that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alright, is there any more news from you? Not really, it's kind of, There's not a whole lot happening. Well, let's jump into trailers. Um, Okay. Sooner or later, we're going to stop sucking Deadpool's cock, but today is not that day. Yes. Again, we've talked about their marketing team being on fucking point for this whole run-up to the movie, and the latest one, they released an ad celebrating Australia Day on January 26th.
1: Well, actually, the the, the most recent ones are the testicular cancer and breast cancer uh, PSAs. Yeah. They're pretty good, but they're not as funny. Not as as funny funny as the Australia Day. Because they're a bit more
0: serious, but it's cool because he he is riddled with cancer in the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. But this is just it's another level, this fucking ad. It's just fucking hilarious. He's wearing one of those stupid Australian hats with the corks. <laughs> he's saying he's got a lot in common common with Australians because of their criminal background and their unrelenting condensation conden, condens- condes- condescension condescension towards New Zealand. Condens- <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even just the way he just goes into a little reverie about like, you know, but you gave us Wolverine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't have a problem with you. Delightful guy. True legend. Okay. <laughs> it's just brilliant. But that but that movie was
1: a low point of my career, you yeah, understand. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he's just like, anywho. Why am I here? <laughs> Why
1: am I here? Oh, yeah. Happy Australia Day. Because that's, that's a, a thin real thing. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's fantastic. His accent is spot on for I, it. I sent that to a bunch of my Aussie friends. No comments. No, no comments. comments. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing either. Nothing. It's like, what the fuck?
0: Asshole. Aren't you guys supposed to be all loose? <laughs> Maybe they were upset at the diddly Australian bees line. <laughs> it just says deadly. Diddly. Diddly. Diddly Australian bees. Uh, apparently, as well, uh, Rob Leefield. Saw the movie. I'm sure
1: he did, and he was saying that. I I do not believe a word <laughs> Rob Leafield says. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm looking forward to this movie, and I want I want to love it. I, I hope it's awesome. Yeah. I hope it's as awesome as as uh, everything that I've seen so far. Yeah, but I don't believe a fucking thing he says. What did he say?
0: He said, this is my second time seeing it. and It was even better the first, than the first time. That sounds like something Deadpool would say, but here's the deal. 25 years worth of Deadpool. This movie comes out 25 years to the day we published them at Marvel. And you couldn't get a better gift if you're a Deadpool fan. And I've seen 25 years of stories come and go. And Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick will tell you, back in 2009, I freaked out when I read the screenplay. Because Deadpool has never, ever been better than he was in that screenplay. And when I saw this movie six weeks ago, I was like, how much of the script will carry? And what you just saw is the best version of Deadpool I've ever, ever experienced in my life. Says the creator of Deadpool. It's high praise. It's high praise. It's high praise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I I hope he's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but
0: um, Rob is the one who can't he can't draw feet, right? He his his characters are all anatomically fucked, and they're always leaping towards the camera so he can hide the feet. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I I we'll get to it later. But we didn't talk about what we're reviewing. yet. Yeah, did we? No, no, it? we didn't mention what yeah, we're, we're going to be we're, reviewing. We're reviewing the Revenant and. Um, um, I'm going to be reviewing The Hateful Eight, and also I'll be reviewing Hola Bola. Yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Joe Kelly's run on Deadpool, because I've been reading up a lot on the background of Deadpool mm-hmm. for some research stuff. But did, uh, did you see the trailer for
1: the the pointless remake of Cabin Fever? Yes. Why does
0: this movie exist? I know. Uh, this is in a new I'm... section I wanted to call What the Fuck Were They Thinking? Mm. Um, it's along with the um, Kevin Spacey's A Cat movie. Yeah, I refi- I, I didn't even give that trailer ago i like Luke who's talking now is that the one with the animals? Uh yes Luke who's yeah. talking now is That's, the one with the animals and it's it's literally that but with Kevin Spacey as a fucking cat the Ke- Kevin people, Spacey's at that point in his career where it's like it doesn't matter Yeah, it but really it, doesn't matter but with the prestige of a show like fucking House of Cards to do this you know this is Bill Murray doing fucking Garfield level of fucking around yeah but it's I mean like, I mean how much must they be paying you would you need the money that badly? I you never like, you never know like <laughs> Could he not get I mean someone surely Would pay him the same amount To not do this But back to Cabin Fever This trailer looks fucked up I mean I remember seeing The original one Because it was a kind of a The whole marketing campaign Was just that it's so fucking gross Yeah um,
1: And you know I mean It was a It was a It was a good schlock horror Yeah You know I mean I, I can't I can't say much more About it than that Yeah I mean it it's was It's not a It's not a It was a, a schlock Of the genre Yeah or it that. was a schlocky gore fest That did it's job well Yeah but beyond that, there was nothing particularly original or, sh- or, or uh, groundbreaking about it. No. Um...
0: Just had some, like, gross bits where, like, you yeah. know, the girls shaving as her legs are fucking melting off and yeah, stuff Yeah, you
1: about. know, I mean, it's just this, you know, again, it just has that... Plays up that whole thing that, that Eli Roth loves to play up.
0: The fact that no matter how much older you get, you're always fucking juvenile. Wasn't that the one with the kid who just says pancakes? Is that what he says? Pancakes or something like that? The fucking redneck kid on the porch when they're gone on the way to the cabin? He, 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 There's like a weird, is you, it a weird slow mo kung fu thing he does. Your memory of it
1: is way better than mine. Yeah, I, I, don't know I, I, I just remember like you know fucked up shit happening to people after
0: they have sex. I think it's just a kid. He's just like pancakes. pancakes. He just starts saying some freakin' <laughs> <them out>. pancakes. <laughs> pancakes.
1: Was that not it? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, pancakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was it. It was a That's weird right. kid with a mullet. <laughs> Do you remember this kid? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just a fucked up pancakes, shit. Pancakes.
1: Pancakes. Play, keep... play the, play. No. no, no, no. Here we go. Listen up. Pancakes. Pancakes.
2: No pancakes. 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 I very
0: <laughs> the kid is doing kung fu shit. <laughs> okay. okay. Fucking pancakes, man. <laughs> pancakes.
1: That's what we should call this episode. <laughs> pancakes.
0: Pancakes. So that's all I remember from that first movie. But this fucking trailer is like there's rednecks and there's one shot of someone firing off a machine gun yeah like and there's a weirdly blonde cop in it yeah
1: it's it feels like it follows all the similar beats as the original but like
0: with more ammo and it looks like a weird like and there's like so a, bad it's good thing like there's a point where the girl who gets sick she coughs up or sneezes and like it's an explosion of blood through her hands kind of thing and it looks dumb as at that point i was like is this a comedy are they going to play it as a comedy? It's funny because, like, when I, I know the bit you're talking about, and when that bit came on, I'm like, ah, oh, reminds
1: me of Hateful Eight. <laughs> <laughs> there is that level of fucking
0: re- ridiculousness in Hateful Eight, okay. but we'll get to that later. Yeah, it just—it's a fucking weird thing. I don't know why the fuck they do this. I mean, uh, Eli Roth. Eli Roth. Uh, yes, Eli Roth. He's executive producer. He's executive it, producer. But like, he was like supposed to be the you know. The, it's the, just a the point. Of, the kind of successor to Simon Remy, but he never did anything worth it. It's just a pointless movie. I
1: mean, although I did see Knock Knock. Yeah. And Knock Knock. I mean, I'll give a really quick review of it right now. Actually, Knock Knock is a hard movie to watch. Really. Like it. It. It is good at points. At in moments. Mm-hmm. Um. How's Keanu? You know, Keanu. He's he's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu's having fun. I gotta admit. I mean, and and he gets to do some acting in this, but but um. The movie is not it's a hard movie to watch. Mm. Cause you are watching someone just make horrible mistake after horrible mistake. Oh, and, the Keanu's character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and You're screaming at the screen. Don't
1: fucking It's and you're just you're screaming at how stupid he is. <laughs> and the way that it ends, it ends in such a way that like you are just horrified. Like it, it I mean, in some ways. Eli Roth deserves some kudos for having the balls to put the audience in that kind of position, yeah. you know, uh, especially guys, mm. like as a, as a guy at the end of this movie, you're just horrified. Yeah. You're fucking horrified.
0: I mean, it is, you in know? a way it's kind of like a modern video, nasty, not in that. Yeah. It, it, like yeah. The plot might be, might be great, whatever else might be great, but it gives you the, 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 the heebie-jeebies. Yeah.
1: You know, but it's, it's a very difficult movie to watch, um, cause it's just like seeing some. Seeing people go through, do this kind of shit. It's just like, huh? What the fuck? Huh. You know, and I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> and I say this as a Keanu fan, you know what I mean? Like, even though I thought, you know I mean? Like, like you know, <laughs> it's, it was hard to watch and it was never fun. No. It was never fun. Well, I'll leave that off my list of Sunday yeah. Evening with the Girlfriend movie. Yeah, yeah, it, then... yeah. Don't, don't, don't watch it with your girlfriend. <laughs> it is
0: not a date movie. That Kevin Spacey movie is uh, called Nine Lives, and it just looks like dog shit. Isn't Jennifer Garner in it as well? Yeah, I just saw her in a brief second of it. But it's like, ugh. It, 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 ugh. Kevin Spacey's got to be a cat for a while. I mean, Christopher Walken's in it as God, I think. Is it or something? Or is he the same guy uh, like, from... Like I said, I... I... I refuse to watch the trailer. I oh, I saw, like oh, fuck, I saw, the, I saw a picture of Christopher Walken. I thought, oh, I'll give this a try. And Christopher Walken dooms him to be a cat until he can be a nicer person. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, and another, another what the fuck were they thinking, there's going to be a Trolls movie. And yeah. this trailer, I mean, we talk about how good the Deadpools have been. Like, even, I understand, you use a very different type of marketing for the Trolls. Yeah. This trailer is dog shit. Like, I, I, I don't want to see a Trolls movie. This actually, I didn't think I would want to see a Trolls movie less. Mm. This is has dancing trolls going around and shit, and apparently they're delicious. Um, well, again, I-, I skipped this trailer because I was never that into trolls to be. No, well, neither was I. But I mean, you know, hey, since the Lego Movie, things can people can make mo- good movies out of things you don't expect.
1: Yeah, but there's something about the trolls. <laughs> Fuck those guys!
0: <laughs> I just never expected it to be good. No. Uh, another trailer, the Angry Birds one. They had a proper story trailer came out. Oh right, right. And okay. they managed to get a catapult and they managed to fire red right through it, which nice game in game tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um again I really don't know what they're gonna do. Because again they can take a franchise and do something with it. There's a whole thing about finding the eagle. Like yeah. the eagle is like your cheat button in the game where you could actually just like, you know, destroy a lot of shit once a turn or something like that. Yeah. And they find the eagle's um mystical pond mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, McBride's character and the blonde bird or the yellow bird are like swimming in it and like spitting in each other's mouths and all this stuff because it's supposed to be a mystical pool or whatever like that and the eagle comes out and he just pisses in Right. and then there's a whole like long protracted scene of them reacting in horrified ways Ella Ace Ventura uh, uh, Jim Carrey at the end of Ace Ventura when he finds out that Ironhorn's a man uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> that yeah, kind yeah. of shit Right. so I don't know I mean it, it doesn't look great it really doesn't look great Oh, that's a shame. Let's move on to trailers that do look good. Did you see the trailer for Kubo and the Two Strings? The proper trailer now, the, uh, the, oh, no. the first teaser trailer. No, no, I haven't seen the new one. So one of them came out. It's a lot of the similar footage, but it gives you about more of the story. And mm-hmm. um, the little boy who can play this kind of—it's like a guitar, but it's a Japanese kind of instrument thing. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm, what they called, mm-hmm. but he can use that to kind of you know control origami creatures and you know, you know, magicy stuff. Yeah. Um, still looks beautiful because it's like animation. Mm-hmm. What is really fucking clever is, as I was watching it, I realised they're they're using an orchestral version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, oh, which plays beautifully with the with the subject matter, right, right, right. And all like the stuff looks great. There's a great bit with uh, Matthew McConaughey's character because the beginning there is a, a line at the beginning, the kid's voice is explaining to somebody, you know, if you must blink, do it now. Mm-hmm. Because you will not, you cannot blink, or you will miss what's going on in the story, or something like that. And it's right. a nice little setup, right? And at the yeah. end, it has uh, Matthew McConaughey's character kind of lean down and says, "You have earned was it? The, what's the line from fucking Django? You have my attention, something along yep. those lines. It's he's like, like you, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention, something like that. It's yeah. just something like that. And then he's like, "Actually, now I think about it, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can blink. Do I have eyelids? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very Matthew McConaughey thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it is. but again, it's like it, it looks great. Um. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But just the when she realizes my guitar jelly weeds it's really nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We should also mention because it came out at the last show the uh, Suicide Squad trailer. This is again an excellent example of trailers. Yeah, with the um, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, that's right. And I watched it again, and just the bullet shots are in time with the music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, if Jared Courtney does nothing else ever again, him sneaking a beer in the middle of this trailer looks great. Yeah, that's the best thing he's ever I've ever seen him do. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, uh, th- this does look to be the first movie in which I may actually enjoy Johnny Courtney.
0: <laughs> but they're playing, I don't know why, they're playing Captain Boomerang up as a lunatic, which I suppose he is. He's a guy who throws boomerangs at people, but in a world where you have a guy who dresses like a joker and a guy who's a crocodile, you know, yeah, yeah. a guy who throws boomerangs, small fucking fry. Yeah. And it's also nice that looking at it, you can't guess what the job is. You, well,
1: you can't guess what the job is, no, no. You, you kind of get the impression, though, that... Um, that uh, the trailer does show you a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the gonna, snippets
0: where if you think about it, it yeah, might.
1: yeah. You know, I mean, it, you kind of get the impression that the first half of the movie is just these fuckers trying to get along, and then mm. the second half of the movie is mm. this one big mission. Yeah.
0: Um, a, that is a, there's a great scene. That great scene with uh, you know Will Smith when it's like they're coming in to get him out of the cell, mm-hmm. and he's just ready for a fight, and they just have like riot police charge in mm-hmm. on him. That mm-hmm. looks cool. Yeah, the yeah. fire guy. I can't remember who that was fire guy's character is. You know who he is? No. Um, They just dunk him in fucking water until he gets out. Like, nice little stuff like that. Yeah. They take Captain Boomerang out of a bag and he jumps up and punches someone in the fucking face. Yeah. No, I mean, it does look,
1: um, I know, and we've said this before, that, I mean, it is uh, the sort of edgy, playful kind of cousin to Batman v Superman. Yeah. And it's right, it's, you know, it's, it's taking that and running with it and it looks like they're having a great time doing it. Mm. Will the movie turn out to be any good? We don't know, but mm. if any... Because they can't just loop Bohemian Rhapsody for the whole movie. Yeah, but if
0: anything, it looks like everyone's having a blast. Yeah. I didn't like um, Harley Quinn's line about no, nah, I wasn't she, she she breaks into a she breaks a shot as they're like sneaking around she smashes a window yeah, and steals yeah. a purse. It's yeah. like what what's wrong with uh, you people It's like we're bad guys is what we do it's like don't say we're bad guys.
1: Yeah, I mean they they are kind of um just hitting that a little too hard sometimes. Yeah. Like yes, we get it. We get it. But no, I mean it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Um, and
1: um and you know, just going back to uh, movies about animals. You see the trailer
0: for Keanu?
1: Yes. This looks very funny. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Key
0: and Peel's first movie as they as they put it. And it's like Key and Peel is two very middle class suburban white guys. Yeah. One of I can it's never like, which is which? I think it's Jordan Peele who has a his girlfriend breaks up with him, he yeah. finds a kitten, the kitten disappears, ganglords have the kitten. Yeah. They're getting the kitten. And back. the kitten's name is Keanu and, yeah.
1: and the plot looks very John Wick. Yeah. In actually. many in many ways. Um, yeah, I didn't think of that. But there's some there's some very funny very funny shit in there. There's like nice, yeah, th-
0: like Will Forte is dressed uh, playing James Franco from Spring Break by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. There's a line about like, you know, you can't talk like that. You know, they're trying to be all gangster and shit. Well you sound like John Ritter all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> and they do and then like they, they do cut into the you know, the angry black dudes that they used to do on their TV show. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, kind of shit dude. to be all gangster or driving around in an SUV and trying to convince gangsters that it's like the car that will not. Get any attention from the cops? Yeah, things like that. Or oh, he plays faith at the end, right, Michael? Uh, well, and I mean, uh, I mean, there's George
1: Michael is all over this trailer. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think faith. It opens with faith. It either opens with no. It opens with father figure.
0: Oh right. It yeah, opens yeah. with
1: father figure, and then, um, and then it's after, and then at the when end, in the car, it's, it's freedom. Then, yeah, it's freedom. Oh, it's freedom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they put it on. It's like this is my
1: jam. It's my jam. Freedom. It does look funny. I
0: mean, these guys. I only ever watched, I, never, I need, probably should just get the whole show. I've never actually watched that much of it apart from the clips that went online. But the one about dubstep was the like, soul me. where they're, they're packing up, and as they listen to dubstep, they lose control of their bodies and their ears are bleeding, which mm-hmm. is the kind of thing that usually happens when you listen to dubstep.
2: <sighs>
0: the uh, Suicide Squad thing came out of DC's Love Fest that kind of came on around the uh, premiere like the, um, of uh, the dawn of, dawn of the Justice League, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had a featurette for Wonder Woman where it looks very blue. There's a lot of footage shown. Did you see this? I saw it, yeah. There's a lot of Gal Gadot on a horse. Yes, and yes. It, World War I looking, lots of blue, lots of smoke.
1: Yeah. Um, no, it look, looks I mean, interesting. It looks interesting. The, the only thing that I found um, very distracting about the about it's the whole.
2: distracting? <laughs>
1: no, no, no the, the whole thing that I found very distracting about the, the, uh, the whole thing was that fucking dumbass look that Kevin Smith has on his face... Throughout the entire show.
0: Oh, yeah, I, mean, I didn't watch the show. You didn't watch the show? No, you but should I, watch the he show. The, he was doing the, 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 the nodding he, and he he was shaking du- his head thing. He was doing the
1: nodding and shaking his head thing, and he looked fucking retarded. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so he's Superman, so it's the dawn of justice. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Jeff Johns is speaking and they cut back to Kevin Smith, he looks like a fucking bobblehead. <laughs> you know, he's just
0: like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, like a little bitch. <laughs> he's just happy he's getting paid for doing this shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him too, but come on, man. I mean, you're making us look bad. <laughs> Just.
2: <laughs> uh. yeah, yeah,
0: that was all right. There's another trailer then. Where we there's actually a trailer from December we missed, but we forgot to talk about, it, which looks really cool. The latest Shane Black movie. The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. With um, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it looks basically. And Kim like...
1: and Kim Bassinger. Yeah. I I have been a massive Kim Bassinger fan. Um, ever since uh, my stepmother is an alien. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> my, no, ever my ever step- since she was getting Randy with Dan Aykroyd? My stepmother is an alien is fucking genius.
0: Who's the kid in that?
1: Alison Hannigan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alison Hannigan. <laughs> and um, his brother is played by John Lovitz.
0: Oh. Brilliant. <laughs> No, I just love that, that bit of the movie because like... Um, so, the, it, it's 1970. It looks like 1970s set Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, with uh, Russell Crowe as a kind of enforcer and uh, Ryan Gosling is more of a PI. Yeah. And just... It opens with Russell Crowe just beating the shit out of Ryan Gosling and, you know, forcing him to... It's very
1: funny because when when Russell Crowe was beating the shit out of Ryan, Ryan Gosling, before I pulled focus, I was like... Mel Gibson's got a new movie. <laughs> I thought it was Mel Gibson. Yeah. Because you know Russell Crowe's a bit like heavyset in this, you know. Mm. And and before I pulled focus, I thought it was Mel
0: Gibson. I had a similar thing when I watched The Big Short, in that I thought uh, Brad Pitt was Russell Crowe. Oh. Because when you first see him, he's doing. He looks like schlubby Russell Russell Crowe. hmm You know when sh- when you know when Russell Crowe's acting, he's schlubby. Yeah. Sorry, when he's acting, he's a bit schlubby. <laughs> but this looks like a hell of a lot of fun, you know. Two guys in over their head, forced mm-hmm. to work together, mm-hmm. getting into crime and shit. It looks good. Yeah. I I didn't see anything that made it look like it was set at Christmas though. No. I'm wondering if Shane Black finally kicked that habit. Yeah, that 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 is an interesting thing. It is. When well, I was looking back at something recently, for some reason, it was the fact that like yeah, Iron Man three came out in like May or June, and it was yeah. like a Christmas. It was a Christmas movie. So bizarre. Yeah. Shane Black just like you know no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for Term Life?
2: No, I mean, which this?
0: It's another, like, skip on Vince Vaughn's just collapse into just doing shit all the time. But it's got a weird cast, in, like, Bill Paxton's in it, John Favreau's in it, Vince Vaughn plans a bank robbery, the guys who pull off the bank robbery get killed by dirty cops, by Bill Paxman. Mm-hmm. He just plans the robbery, he doesn't do them. Right, right, right. And then uh, the father of one of the guys who c- c- pulled off the bank job is, it's a Yordi, Yordi Holler, is that his name? Jordy Holla, something like that. I don't know. He was, he's, you've seen him and stuff. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Um, he's great and stuff. He's going to come and kill Vince Vaughn to find out what's going on, because he thinks he double-crossed him. Right, right. Um, but he's a really distracting hairpiece, so much so that someone actually calls him on it. It's like, I wanted to talk to you. It's about your awful haircut. Right. But oh. then he's gone to run, and he also wants his daughter on the run. He also gets his daughter and stuff like that. So it's just weird. I don't know what the fuck. Like, I don't see how this seems like a good idea to anybody involved. Right. It's just a weird I haven't, I haven't even heard of this. Yeah. Terrence Howard's in it. Uh, Taraj B. Henson's in the credits on the trailer. Jonathan Banks is the guy who talks a lot to Vince Vaughn. Right, right, right. It's just weird. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, haven't. I mean, fuck. That completely missed me. Netflix released a trailer for Pee-wee's Big Holiday. They did? Yeah, they did. When? Recently. Oh, shit. So, it's just him getting up and doing the Wallace and Gromit getting out of bed thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> with the but like a little bit extra. Um, It doesn't show much, but, you know, it is getting increasingly more worrying seeing Paul Rubens do that role the older he gets. <laughs> it just comes off as really fucking weird. Does he look it? Not so much, but it's enough that there's little hints, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, hmm, yeah. that's not... It's just slightly stiff. Mm. Yeah. I think the last trailer I got then was uh a trailer for Eddie the Eagle, which came out over Christmas, which we forgot to talk about last week. So mm-hmm. if you don't know, Eddie the Eagle was a British ski jumper. Yeah. He yep. was kind of awful at it. Yeah. Um, but God loves a trier. Yeah. And uh, the kid who was the kid from... Um, Kingsman. The King- Kingsman's in it as Eddie the Eagle. It was originally supposed to be Rupert Grint. Was it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Rupert Grint was attached to this movie for quite a long time. Oh, fuck. And then, <laughs> and then
0: ended up... Sucks to be wrong. I, 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 this guy's a much better fit, I think, for the look of the character. He actually looks a bit like uh, Eddie the Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is useless. Completely fucking useless at it. And Hugh Jackman turns up as, an Austra- as a, distra- a disgraced Australian ski, ju- uh, ski jumping coach who coaches him how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's basically cool runnings, but with snow jumping. The reviews are great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks great. It really looks really good. Christopher Walken's in it at some point. Christopher Walken is just like, you know, he just turns up. Yeah. And he- it's great when he does Like He just turns up. And it's fantastic when he does it. I think he's uh, the IOC or something. like. He's one of those groups who's like, no, you can't do this. He's one of the guys who says no kind of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks really good. Alright. Alright. Alright, alright, alright. What's next? What's next? Let's get into cool stuff. You okay. got any cool stuff? No, I don't have any cool no stuff. No posters this week? No, no posters. Oh. It's all the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a little animatic that came out that was pretty cool. Um... It's an, an artist called Mariko Abril came out. It's mm-hmm. on YouTube. We'll link off to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And what he did was a little black and white. it kind of like it's on sketchpad paper. Mm-hmm. Superman's short set to um, walk by Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. And it's counterpointing like young Clark seeing a bully being picked on and his father stepping in in Smallville with Superman intervening in a, like a war in, in South America or something like that. Right. And it's all animatic. So it's very simple, basic animation. But... Fuck me, it's really, really good. And especially with that Foo Fighters song attached to it, it really pulls at the heartstrings. It's just badass. It's the kind of Superman you want to see. Right. So I definitely recommend you checking that out. Cool. Another thing that popped up recently is that a couple of years ago, there was a Blade Runner sketchbook. Um, I think it's out of print now and it's very hard to find, but they've actually put it up online. So it's got a lot of Sid Mead designs and some Ridley in there of sketching Blade Runner. The whole oh. things on, available online. It's so not PDF. It's kind of a, a thing you go to the web and you can flick through the pages. Okay, and just see what then. There's little text accompanying what they were trying to do and things like I think a parking meter just looked like it was a pole with kind of a, an ingress for your card or something like that, but mm-hmm. it wasn't cool enough looking, so they just added loads of shit onto it. Right. Like that kind of stuff, like really said, like this looks boring visually. Mm-hmm. So that's where you know, like the, the retrofitting shit they did, and throughout the movie, right, 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 and all the different designs of the different spinners and little thing. I never like Harrison Ford's car is a spinner that was like decommissioned. It's no longer a flying car. Mm-hmm. It's just a normal car to show how down and his lucky kind of is. He, buys, he he can't even buy a fucking flying car anymore. Right, he's gonna get the shitty <laughs> second sixteenth hand, hand non flying car. Little cool little touches like that. It's a must for anyone who likes you know film history and design. Oh sweet! So I'll link that off to in the show notes as well. Very very cool. Before we get into our emails, we will announce our competition, given to us by GreenRoom136.com Urban Carry Gears.
1: Yeah, that's right. And
0: uh, before we do that, before
1: we do that, I mean, like, uh, we'll just plug GreenRoom136 just a little bit more. Um, Just so you know, it's not just uh, stuff for adults that they do. If you guys have kids, you want to get a bag or something for your kid. They have shit like that too. One of them in particular is no is called an ankle biter, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's a kitty day pack suitable for kids between the ages of four to twelve. Has one deep main compartment with back pockets for comics, storybooks, and homework. One front pocket for a jacket, uh, or to stash candy. Nice. Two side pockets for water bottle and juice pack. Uh, one half inch nylon belt and four shoulder harness with EVA padding for added comfort. Quick grab handle with back support padding and genuine YKK zip enclosures. The fabric is 100% genuine 1000 denier u- ureth- <laughs> I was urethane, urethane. coated cordura nylon fabric for outer shell and 420 denier urethane coated rice stop nylon fabric for inner shell. All fabrics imported from the US of A and designed and handmade right here in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And like Comes in red, navy,
0: and pink. Cool, and uh, like all Green Room one, two, six bags, it gets guaranteed for life, right? Mhm. So we're not giving away one of those this week. No, we're not. <laughs> we're going to give away a Junk Monkey. <laughs> so this is a Deluxe Pro single strap urban bag, like think of like a, uh, a DJ bag kind of stuff thing, but yeah. m- so much more. The Junk Monkey is made for the hardcore. It's got an interchangeable harness to match all handicap, be it left, right, or be it right or left-handed users. A wing-backed harness so the bag would hug to your upper torso comfortably and divert weight. Of your bag away from your bag, packed ready with book pouch and utility pouch. This urban bag is made for mid to heavy weight carry without compromising comfort to the carrier. And in order to win one of these delightful items, you need to answer this question. So, uh,
1: I mean, because we're going to be re- uh, because I'm going to be reviewing the Hateful Eight, the uh, latest film by Quentin Tarantino. Um, Tarantino, like a lot of directors, he likes to work with um, the same actors quite often. Mm. Um so he's worked with Michael Madsen a bunch of times. He's worked with Tim Roth a bunch of times. Um he likes to he likes to work with the same people. Yeah. He's also worked with Harvey Keitel a couple of times. Uh but Harvey Keitel has a cameo in one of his movies um in which he is seen, no in which he is heard no, but, not but not seen. Name that movie.
0: <laughs> so it's the Quentin Tarantino movie where you hear where you hear Harvey Keitel but, but you seen. but you never see him. Yeah. And to win this, you just need to answer the question and email us at podcast at well, yeah. we'll be running this over the next couple of weeks, so you have a while to get in, but do not tarry. Yeah. Just don't tarry. <laughs> Some other people who emailed us, uh, one comes in from Joe Pearson. Sup, Joe? Friend of the show. Joe says, hi, guys. Hello from Venice Beach and happy new year to both you and your ladies and friends. I caught your recent podcast in episode seven. That's our Star Wars spoiler cast, which you can still download from the site. And thought it was spot on. but the love in and the many holes and caveats of the film raised. I still plan to see it again, of course, smiley face. But you did miss two big plot issues. One was the freaking Empire's new Death Star. Or the new order's planet Death, or whatever the fuck it was called. (laughs) There was no attempt or explanation of how the thing moved around. I mean, it's a planet. But it seemed seemed to be hopping around the galaxy, blowing up shit pretty easily. Did it warp from place to place? Did it click its heels and then appear in a new system to blow shit up? It was odd. There was very little sense of travel time and space geography in the movie as a whole. Plants were just there. Somewhere. Good point. The other thing was that everyone in the Rebel Alliance, fuck, I mean the Resistance, had the same exact (laughs) 70s haircuts as the original crew in episode 4. And the same fucking stupid, clearly made up names. (laughs) Which we talked about earlier. 70s hair and stupid names. What the fuck? Otherwise, yes, lots of fun and good direction and action, and Ray is a Best to you both. Wish us around for a pint or two, Joe. Uh, These are good points. Wish
1: wish you around too,
0: Joe. Um, I think the galaxy thing is something that you know. I compl- No, I mean I I completely I agree with that. I thought we mentioned it a bit. We we,
1: we, we talked we well, talked in, about it a little bit, not not, not in so much detail. Yeah. I think I think you you were uh, you, you were sort of uh, making a point about how in the original movies it took. Time to sort of get anywhere. Yeah. Whereas in in the new one, it's like people could just go places
0: like that. There yeah. was there was no sense of um, of of uh, of space. Yeah. Yeah, like as even we, even at the end, if you know when Ray at the end of the movie when the characters who go off in the Millennium Falcon, if they just gone from one shot of them taking off and another one of them like settling into the seat as they arrive, just to show that they've actually you know they've come from having a nap or something like that. Yeah, because like the original Star Wars, there was enough time for like them to sit around and Luke to do some training on the way to Alderaan, right? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like they're just there. Yeah, and it's a problem that JJ has because it's the same with like what was it Earth to Vulcan in fucking the first Star Trek? Yeah, you're there. But yeah. like the Klingon, which is supposed to be fucking. You know, it's on the other side of the neutral zone, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just there. Yep. And then you get your trans world well, fucking beam. Don't <laughs> fucking get me started. Uh, but uh, very very good points, Joe. Oh, and I forgot. P.S. Are you watch the, watching The Expanse? Pretty damn good. I am not watching it, but I, I plan to. Yeah, I've been watching it, and it's it takes its fucking time. And I don't know. Like, it's not... I've heard good things, and I keep hearing good things, and it is based on a series of books... And I've heard that they're setting things up well, but like there's, a, there's a, the opening of the show is something that's not really referenced in the first four or five episodes, as far as I can tell again. Mm-hmm. So they're very much building up to something, but I'm getting a little tired waiting for it to build up a bit. Right. So I've been catching up, I can catch it in fits and starts, so I need to watch a little bit more. I have heard, though, that when the thing happens that's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. it will be, it'll be worth it. Right. I don't know what that thing is yet. Email number two comes in from Anonymous who says, if you had the time, which three movies from the nineties would you watch right after this podcast? Fuck. Speed is <laughs> 90s?
1: Yeah, speed is nineties. I'm more sat in the world. Point break is nineties. Um. Not just Keanu movies. Uh, <laughs> the, the First Matrix is 90s. Yeah. Um Pulp Fiction. Big Lebowski. Lebowski's definitely one I'd want to watch again, yeah. Big Lebowski, True Romance, and Fucking Hudson Hawk. Is Hudson Hawk 90s? ninety one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good That's a good list. Yeah, Hudson Hawk, fucking True Romance, and um, Big Lebowski. That's what I would watch her.
0: Cool. What's yours? Ugh. Well, speed. Speed. Um, fucking... I got something animated, maybe. Pump was, up. It, was it Kira 90s? Uh, no, Kira was the 80s. Yeah, and so was Ghost in the Shell, wasn't that? Yeah. Fucking... Pump up the volume. <laughs> Slater. Um I go with your list. Your list yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's jump straight into our reviews. Uh do you wanna lead off the hateful eight?
1: Uh sure.
0: Why not? Sure, why not? Um okay,
1: so the hate the hateful eight. Uh what is this? Like the eighth movie by yeah. Quentin Tarantino. I see what he did there. Yeah uh but um as markamoe points out that only that that's only correct if you count kill bill as one film. Oh. And if and if you don't count four rooms. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Four o- o- of- Otherwise it's the 9 and a quarter. Yeah. Uh movie by Quentin Tarantino. Four Dante. Rooms is kind of awful. Four Rooms is a piece of shit with inspired moments. Mm. It does like the Robert Rodriguez bit with, with the the dead hooker and with Ant- with Antonio Banderas. I uh, like I I, I fucking cr- that 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 section cracks me up
0: every time I watch it. I just find it really There nice is a watch dead it. fucking hole. Is that <laughs> Tim Roth's character? because Tim, yeah, Tim, Tim Roth's character ties everyone together, but he's just all over the fucking place in that yeah, movie. It's yeah. so weird. That
1: that role was originally offered to Steve Buscemi, but Steve Buscemi was like, "I just played a bellhop and fucking Barton Fink. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to play a bellhop again." So they gave it to Tim Roth. <laughs> nice. Um Okay, so the Hateful Eight. Uh, <laughs> you know. If you've seen the trailer, that's really all you need to know about the story, is that uh, you got these these eight unsavory characters end up in this haberdashery mm-hmm. um, in the middle of um, fucking uh, Wyoming, weather is shit, blizzards abound, um, and you got John Ruth, played by Kurt Russell, who is uh, taking uh, Daisy which uh, played by Jennifer Jason Leigh, to... Uh, uh, t- to go and hang because she's she's there. She, he's a bounty hunter and there's a $10,000 bounty on her head so he's taking her right. along the way he picks up Samuel Jackson's character Major Marquis Warren um, who uh, Kurt Russell had, his character met some time ago and they know each other so fine mm-hmm. and uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character is now a bounty hunter as well mm. uh, along the way they pick up another guy Sheriff Chris Mannix played by Walton Goggins Excellent. who is the newly appointed sheriff of the uh, the place they're going to Red Rock right and Kurt Russell's like, fuck, I don't believe a fucking word you're saying because I know you, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. And I mean, no, because this is all also around the time, like after the Civil War. Yeah. So uh, there's still a lot of tension that's uh, that's brought up because of that as well. When they get there, um, they're, they're met by Tim Roth, uh, who's, uh, and Michael Madsen, Bruce Dern, and uh, Damien, Damien uh, Bicker. Is it here or Bicker? I don't know. Who the fuck is that? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter this year. Yeah, this year, and and these guys make up the Hateful Eight. Although at times, when at times you do kind of lose count, and it's like, is there eight? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, and that's essentially it. I mean, they are they are there. They're holed up in this place. Mm -hmm. They're 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 waiting for the blizzard to die over, so they can go to Red Rock. And somewhere along the way, Kurt Russell, being the suspicious sort of person that he is, uh, um, he just after a while gets the impression that. One of them there is there to double-cross them and to uh, help Jennifer Jason Lee escape. Okay. And from that point on, it kind of becomes this little, like, you know, you know, who is it? Is it this person? Is it that person? And to say any more would give everything away. Yeah. Uh, but that's essentially the plot. Now, it is a good film. Right. But it's too fucking long. Really? How long is it? It's, it's, it's close to three hours. Yeah. And it really doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um and the thing is is that okay if you're a Tarantino fan you will enjoy it because it has all of the Tarantino trappings. Yeah.
0: The dialogue is sparkling.
1: The di- the not always. Oh. Is it the, clunkers in there? The di- not to say there's clunkers it's just that the dialogue is verges on pointless at times. Oh. So I mean yes it's fascinating dialogue but nobody's really saying anything. Oh. Um and it takes a good half an hour before it gets going. Oh. For the first half an hour watching the movie, I, I mean, I nearly fell asleep. You know, it was just sort of like, oh, for fuck's sake, can something, just anything, can anything happen? <laughs> you know, I mean, because it really does feel like nothing's happening and it takes a while for the story to kick in. Once the story kicks in, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, once the story kicks in, it's pretty much smooth sailing. All of the performances are great. Um, Samuel Jackson's having a ball. Um Jennifer Jason Lee's amazing in this. She gets so much shit done to her. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, I mean, he's he's really good in it, but at the same time, his part isn't particularly showy. Is he kind of the straight man? Compared to Samuel L. Jackson and Walton Goggins, yes. How's Goggins? Um, he he's he's great. He's, he's had, great in everything. He's did. great in everything. No, I mean they're all great. You know, they all they all get their they all get their moments. Mm. Tim Roth is uh, with a really ridiculously plummy English accent. Um, Michael Madsen is just happy to be working, you know, Bruce Dern is fucking Bruce Dern, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I mean, the performances are fine, Yeah. you know, as is always very reliable in a Tarantino movie. And when the violence comes, it comes hard and fast and the blood, the, 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 the gore is ridiculous. Yeah. Like
0: once, once blood starts to spill, it, it doesn't just spill, it's like a waterfall. Is it like the, uh, was it the hallway scene in, um... Django and Chain, which says, say goodnight to Miss What's-Her-Name, and it just goes from there, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and,
1: and I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it. I just think that, you know, he really does... I mean, I know that he's very much in love with his dialogue. Yeah. It's very... It, it, it's become more and more apparent with each film. And he does write great dialogue, but not all of it needs to be there. Yeah. You know, I mean... He needs a bit more of a, an editor. He needs someone to sort of rein, in him, rein him in. He needs someone to go... Dude, we can kick the story in right now. We don't need this half an hour. Yeah. We don't need this 20 minutes. You know, you could argue that you might want to keep some of it just to sort of establish that the characters know each other and all that. Even way after you've established that, it goes on. And they start talking about shit that is like, well, it's... It, yeah, I mean, I, can, I, I guess you're trying to make a statement about something, but this adds nothing to the plot. Mm. You know? And, and it's the same thing that Death Proof suffered from. Oh, you know, I mean, Death Proof, you remember that, that whole fucking section with the chicks just talking? In the bar? In, in the bar, and you're just like, what is this? It's, yeah. it's about nothing. It was Planet Terror, just you gets know, on with it. Can someone just, har- you know, I mean, by the time that they talk so much, that by the time Kurt Russell like slams his car into them, you're happy. Yeah. Because finally, something's happening. Yeah. And the Hateful Eight suffers from a little bit of that. Hmm. But once the story gets going, once it kicks into high gear, then, you know, Tarantino's on form. Cool. Uh, the whole thing about shooting in 70mm movie looks great. I mean, the movie looks great. I mean, and for a movie that's set primarily in just one location, mm-hmm. it does rack up a fair amount of tension. I mean, Tarantino's a master filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no getting around that. So when you, when you review a uh, Tarantino movie, it's not about whether the movie's any good or not. It's all about how good is it. Yeah. And this, you know, I thought it was a, it was a very good movie that could have been great but wasn't great. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's very good cool i enjoyed it i mean fuck i mean you you know you're gonna see it <laughs> oh fuck yeah, yeah.
0: i look forward to it now yeah um so i saw the revenant which um is out in malaysian cinemas this coming weekend
2: mm-hmm.
0: um obviously this is getting all the oscar bows for leonardo dicaprio and um for director alejandro gonzalez mm-hmm. uh, and it's a story of a uh, 1820s uh frontiers men kind of they're, they're trapping they're out trapping basically to get furs it's kind of, it's quasi military. It's not really clear how that works, kind of thing. They're kind of like, um, they're paid, but they're also, some of them have ranks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're out there, they're trapping, and the movie starts very dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard, the big thing to talk about with this movie is it was all shot with natural light, and it looks fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that, like, that's all in one location, whereas this is set in America, widescreen America. So they get attacked by, um, I think it's from Indians, they get attacked by one group of Indians who are looking for, um, one One of the, the chief is looking for his daughter, sorry, Native Americans, not Indians, my, my mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looking for his daughter who was taken away by two white men, um, and um, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Hugh Glass, who is a, kind of their scout, and he's the guy who knows, he's, he's, the, he's the guide, essentially, to get them around the place, and he already, from the beginning, he's kind of a, this uh, Tom Hardy's character, John Fitzgerald, he's uh, another mumbling fucking mumbler for... Tom Hardy to play mm-hmm. in it with an impenetrable accent mm-hmm. um, they're already on each other's asses and like they get attacked and half the fucking people are just wiped out in this incredibly long beautiful shot of just mayhem you know it's like what he did for Birdman mm-hmm. that kind of just putting you in the action by not blinking mm-hmm. Um, so they get attacked some of them escape they have, to, they have to trudge across land and while they're you know while out one morning just checking shit out Leonardo DiCaprio gets fucking mauled by a bear Mm-hmm. and it's another one of those things where it just goes and goes and goes. It's just like you think because you hear, you hear about this, this this mauling being like harrowing to watch and like halfway through it you think the bear wanders off and they're like oh and then it comes back. Right. And there's just loads of shit of like the bear on top of him with its muzzle right in his, his face mm-hmm. and he's lying there trying not to fucking get more mauled mm-hmm. and it just tears the shit out of him. Right. Now they've left behind loads of guys already who just got an arrow in the face and shit and they decide to carry him for a while, and then they make the decision to split up. Essentially, to so, say, like, look, uh, Donald Gleason is the head of the group with mm-hmm. a fine, lustrous beard, mm-hmm. and he makes a decision that, like, okay, I'll give my shares to anyone who's going to stay behind until he passes, and then come with us, bury him, and come with us.
2: Bury Leonardo DiCaprio,
0: Caprio, right. yeah, and Tom Hardy kind of double crosses him. It also should be pointed out: uh, Hugh Glass's character has a he has a Native American son, right? And shit goes down. Leo's left for dead. Um, and basically, it's crawling the movie because <laughs> he's the, the bear just fucked his f- feet over his back. He's covered in scars, throat his gouged out, can't even fucking talk for half the thing. And it's just him grunting and crawling his way back across America to get to fucking John Fitzgerald, right? Get him for what he did. It cuts in and out of like flashbacks of like uh, stuff that happened to him during I don't know one of the one of the wars in the U.S. around the time of the French soldiers attacking the col- colonist, col- col- colonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's just beautiful shots of like sparks from a fire flying into the sky mm. and like him passing into dream like worlds and just like crawling and fucking getting down the river. And it's interesting that you said like that movie's too long. This movie, I saw in the cinema in the atmosphere, one of the atmosphere theaters. Like the sound is great as well. The music throughout it is like when they're being attacked, is that pounding percussion that keeps you right there. Mm-hmm. And just that widescreen feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt bored in this. It's two hours, 36 minutes long. Mm-hmm. But. You're just with it, and there's just scenes of epic beauty. It's real widescreen cinema. It's right. interesting that like Tarantino's trying to do the same with seventy mm whereas this is not. I don't know what they're releasing it in seventy millimeters, but mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the story keeps you going. Like I never felt bored, even though it's just like shit, shit after shit happens. The Leo as he tries to get back at this guy, mm-hmm. and it just looks beautiful the whole time. Um, it's a really good story. Uh, I, a really good movie. I would recommend seeing it. Awesome. I recommend it. It's really cool. And it's, I mean, I haven't seen an awful lot of the other uh, Oscar nominated movies. You know, my feelings on the big short, I don't think it deserves to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is very much like, I don't know if they'll give it to Enrico again for two years in a row.
1: I mean, I'm very excited about The Revenant. Uh, the other Oscar um, nominee that I'm excited to watch is Spotlight. Yes, I've heard an awful lot about
0: that. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- again, I think that's a more, that's a, that's it's a, that's a showy movie. More no. An issue movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like showy. Yeah. And it's just like, it's beautiful. Uh, Like I said in my other review, uh, it does for crawling what Lord of the Rings did for walking. (laughs) There's an awful lot of crawling in this. Even
1: the fucking trees walked
0: in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It looks looks, beautiful with the snow and with him just finding his way back. Cool.
1: Okay. Uh, And uh, so, um, and I'm going to now review Ola Bola. Oh, yeah, Ola Bola. Ola Bola. This movie has been billed as the movie... To make you proud of Malaysian film, yeah, <laughs> which is a really horrible thing to it, bill any movie as. It's a saddle. It's
0: sa- you don't want to be saddled with that. It's yeah, a lot of weight to carry.
1: you know, it's a lot of weight to carry, especially in the in in recent years where there have been some pretty, some pretty good local films that have been coming out. Uh, however, having said that, you know, okay, first of all, just to uh, talk about the story, very simple. It is uh, based. It is a fictionalized account of a true story uh, where the Malaysian football team in 1980 uh, qualified for the Moscow Olympics. Right. They, beat, they beat Korea to qualify for the Moscow Olympics uh-huh. after fucking it up uh, four years prior. Right. Also to Korea. Right. <laughs> so that is the basic storyline. And a lot of the um, the majority of the team from the uh, the previous attempt four years earlier are still still on the Malaysian team, mm-hmm. and they all have their sort of trials and tribulations. You know, a lot of them aren't earning particularly good money playing football, and they're all sort of balancing family life and day jobs and all that kind of shit. So all of that sort of stuff feeds into the story as well. But it's essentially about this this team and their their relationships with each other and their, you know, their connection and what, how they, sort of, are each other's support system to keep them going. And that is, in a nutshell, the entire story. Yeah. Um, first of all, I mean, like, <laughs> I just gotta point out, like, br- before the movie started, you're subjected to what feels like half an hour of the most horrific Chinese New Year commercials <laughs> you can sit through. I. There's this Watson's Chinese New Year commercial that's out. Yeah. And I fucking hate it. <laughs> there's something about the way it's done. <laughs> the way it's been staged. There there's this tendency to go really over the top kind of slapsticky. Mm that I just loathe and detest. and I think, this, la, I think last year there were like trailers
0: for a movie called Golden Chickens 4 or something like that. Is it like that Kind of like over-the-top, yeah, crazy, yeah. anti-screaming at each other kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and Is it that kind of stuff? Yeah,
1: something like that. And, and it's like before the movie started, I was just put in a horrible mood by sitting <laughs> through all of these horrible Chinese New Year commercials. And there was a trailer for these two Chinese movies. One of them is From Vegas to Macau, Part 3. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for this? Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the trailers. This makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> this looks like the worst movie ever made. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what happened to Cha Yoon-Fat? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to fucking, this? what happened to the killer, you know? <laughs> Andy Lau's there fucking, you know, trying, yeah. to, trying to escape with what's left of his dignity. Jackie Chung turns up and you're just thinking to yourself, none of you guys need the money. What the fuck are you doing this movie for? <laughs> and then there's a trailer for St- the new Stephen Chow movie called The Mermaid, yeah. which looks like Howard the Duck. <laughs> it, this, the trailer for Stephen Chow's new movie makes Howard the Duck look like Citizen King. Jesus. It looks horrific. And horrible and I think I'm losing touch because the audience was laughing their ass off in this trailer and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you people anyway the movie starts yeah and I was like already in a shit mood the movie sponsored by Milo and Panasonic and boy do you know it <laughs> especially Milo yeah it's like there are some shots, it really does look like a Milo commercial. In the, in the movie itself? In the movie. You know? They're something on this fucking Milo. Era-appropriate Milo. Yeah, yeah, there's some fucking Milo tins everywhere. This guy's like hanging out with his kids and the wife brings him, here's a nice cup of Milo. And you're just <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. What the fuck? Panasonic, not so much because it's a period piece. So all of the... Polar- there can't be any widescreen TVs. Yeah, there? yeah, you know, I mean, I kept, I kept looking to someone going to sneak in a fucking flat screen, you know, what, <laughs> what's going in? But, you know, that that was all right. So, but yeah, so that that you know that cracked me up. But then again, that's quite normal. Um, the movie is directed by Chui uh, King Guan, who directed the Journey, oh, um, yeah, yeah. who is uh, and the Journey is, I believe, it's the now the second highest-grossing Malaysian movie in history. I think Police Evo overtook it, right. but, but I could be wrong. Um, and I won't talk talk too much about like most of the actors. I mean, uh, the three main players that they focus on. One of them, he's called Tauke. Uh, Tauke, he's played by J C Chi uh, Mutu, who's the uh, who, uh, Tauke is the captain, right? And Mutu, the goalkeeper, played by Saran Kuma, and Ali, the striker, played by Lukman um, Hafiz. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also uh, this other character, Achai, played by Lim Xian Wen, who is basically his 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 one joke character is that. He's been a a substitute player for like sixteen years. He's right. never he's never like. Uh, he's a bench warmer. He's a bench warmer. He's never, but he's always talking about, oh, one day I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking get on the pitch, you know. And he's got he's got these like Adidas uh, football shoes that his dad gave him, and it's like, hmm, you think he's gonna play at a pivotal moment? I think he might. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, Bronn Polare pl- plays uh, Rapman, who is um, a guy who is current, who, who's uh, training to be a sports commentator, right. a football commentator, and he spends the entire movie just doing that. Right. And his voice is all over this movie, and he's having a lot of fun. Right. Bronn Polare is having a lot of fun. His performance is is very very charming. Um, so the movie itself, okay, na- in, in terms of narrative, in terms of plot. It couldn't be simpler. Yeah. It is it follows the inspirational feel-good sports movie template to the letter. So they have they think they're going okay. They, then think, they think they're going okay. Then there's a setback. Then there's a setback. There's a few setbacks. They play like shit, they play like shit. And then suddenly they learn to believe in themselves and they start playing better, start playing better. Just before the last just before the last match, there's another setback. And then it's like, hmm, how will we overcome this? And then they carry the bobsled on their shoulders to victory. <laughs> to victory. <laughs> they, and the Ducks they, win. They call, in, they call in the Jamaicans to finish the fucking match for them. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of, like, if you've seen any sports seen movie... Any sports if movie. If you've seen any sports movie, you've seen this movie. What makes this movie different is that this movie's actually done well. Oh, for a Malaysian sports movie, and I haven't seen many are there many it's a very simple story, but it's well told excellent it is it is a good film it is a good film and uh the highest compliment that I can give it is that by the time it got to the final match, I forgot I was watching a local film oh wow um it's yeah I mean like i it's it's well it's well made it's a well made movie it's well shot one thing I mean one of the things that the movie has done very well is not even have, doesn't even have anything to do with the movie itself. This movie, the Astro Shaw, you've got to give it to them. Astro Shaw did the journey. They did Police evil. Now they're doing this. Mm. They have, fin- some finally someone has realized that if you want to get Malaysian audiences who don't normally go to Malaysian movies to go see Malaysian movies, mm-hmm. you need to market that movie properly. Yeah, and Ola Bola has been marketed very well. And it has a cool poster and everything. It's right? got a cool poster. I mean, they've spent money to market this thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it isn't just like hey, let's try and do let's try and do some social media shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've actually put their money where their mouth is, and they've made an attempt to market this as if an like it's an event film. Huh. And I think that it's paid off. Yeah, because I see those cool
0: posters with the logo and yeah. stuff. Anyway. And, I've,
1: and I went to see this movie, and this was a huge shock, okay? 90% Chinese people in, in, in the cinema. Oh. When you are no longer relying on Malays to go and watch Malay movies, yeah. you know your marketing is fucking work. Yeah, yeah. And this movie is about, I'd say it's like 60% Malay, 10% English, and the rest is Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Um, And... S- so and um, so yeah I mean like I think it's it's definitely worth seeing but don't like fucking do this thing where it's like you know go and support your country yeah. go and see it because it's a good film yeah it is a good film in terms I mean if if I wanted to complain about anything and it's not even complaints it's just an observation it's like the three the three actors uh, the three mains like most okay pretty much the entire football team mm-hmm. they're not great actors right they're not I mean <laughs> let's get that out the way I mean and you can tell that a lot of them are very new yeah you know so you know the, the acting isn't brilliant. However, it's never not sincere. Hmm. And so because it's sincere, the relationships between the players work. Um, out of all of them, I thought Saran Kumar as Mutu was the most effective. Hmm. He, he, his performance was most effective to me. Because um, he's got this whole thing with his, uh, with, his, with his dad, and he's got these three, his three kid brothers, and they're, they're always speaking in Tamil, and they're fucking hilarious. Hmm. They're fucking hilarious. I mean, the stuff with the, the stuff with the Indian characters to me like were the best. Cool. Um, of course, Tauke J C C like he's the put down upon fucking you know life is really shit for him you know like it's uh, you know and and s- <laughs> there's a lot of shouting in this movie mm. you know that that's another thing like with with you know like when you're dealing with uh, new actors who like hmm. Um, I'm supposed to be upset. I'll just shout. Mm. I like eighty percent of this movie is people shouting, Mm. whether they're shouting on the pitch or they're shouting in the fucking uh, locker room or whatever. Um, yeah. So you know, there is that. Here's the thing about the movie that I really did not like. Right. The movie is kind of bookended with the. It starts in the present. Uh-huh. With this fucking girl working in what is clearly Astro, right? Um, and she's got she's doing her last job before she leaves, and it's covering basically what is going to turn into the story. Mm-hmm. And so there are these bookends where it's her in the beginning, and she's going to interview one of the older players, uh, that one of the players who's now an old man, and you kind of revisit their their section every now and then. But for the most part, it's the beginning of the end. Yeah. All of the scenes that take place in the present day are fucking horrible. (laughs) Really? (laughs) They're fucking horrible. It almost feels like the director and the DP called called in their friends and like, we're taking the week off. You shoot it. Wow. It feels like it was made by a different group of people. Wow. Who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And is it completely unnecessary? You don't really need it you don't really, really need it. I mean, I mean, I suppose it's there just to tug at the heartstrings a little bit more so you can fucking see them when they're old later, yeah. you know. But as in terms of, like, uh, it, does it make a difference to the plot? No, not really. And they're just, it's just, they're just bad. It's just, like, like badly written, clunky. It's just, just badly written, b- badly staged, you know, compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck, you know, I mean, this... And, and, and I was terrified because the movie starts like that. And yeah. I started laughing. Uh-huh. I started laughing because it was that bad. Oh no. You know, and it was like I would you know and I was the only one in the cinema <laughs> laughing. You know, and I you know, and everyone else was like, you know, what's wrong with you? I'm like, this this sucks. I hope the rest of the movie isn't like it isn't, thank Christ. Yeah. You know? I don't wanna place blame on anyone. I don't wanna say like, oh the fucking actors were horrible because I don't know what happened. yeah. yeah. I don't know, you know, was the director high that day? I have no idea. But the bookends, all of the scenes that take place in the present day. Compared to the rest of the movie, dog shit. Wow. That's the only thing that bugged me. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you can nitpick about, yeah, the acting is being not great in certain scenes. But like I said, even though it's not great, it's always sincere. Yeah. So you don't care, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean, I highly recommend the movie. I enjoyed it. Cool. I
0: want to go check it out. Yeah. Learn a bit, bit about Malaysian history, but <sighs> since I don't to fuck all about it. I also look. You forward. don't. You don't need to know anything about. about oh yeah, that's I'm sure. But like, yeah. watch this to catch up. I look forward to the uh, eventual movie about the Irish uh, Italian Nike football squad as well, In a similar vein. <laughs> Eventually. Finishing up our reviews, I'm uh, going to dive into our irregular comics section. Um, <clears throat> and leading up to Deadpool, I've been reading a lot of Deadpool for some research or something. Um, and I want to just uh, do a little review of uh, Joe Kelly's. Deadpool. So going into this, like I knew Deadpool from a character that you would pop up in other comics. And he's the Merc with the Mouth, and you know you'd see a funny cover or you'd hear something's pretty funny about it every so often. But yeah. he kind of he's all over the Marvel universe sometimes. Like he's all over the place, as in he's all over the place. Not in that he's in everything, but that you know he can be a very wildly uneven character sometimes yeah, yeah yeah you know he's crazy he talks to he talks all the fucking time he annoys people you know he's a hell out of everyone else in the marvel universe so i always thought he was kind of a one-note character and he's always funny it's always funny to see those guys i'm more known knew him from seeing guys dressed up as him at conventions mm-hmm. like when we went to comic con there was like what three deadpools playing rock band or something yeah a yeah. guitar hero yeah so surprised that i went back to look at his uh, original miniseries because he starts off he's a villain he's mm-hmm. a villain who's like hired to kill cable in like new mutants 98 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he got his first ongoing se- uh, series in uh, nine ninety seven, and this is all collected in Joe, Ke- Joe Kelly's omnibus, uh, which collects these plus the annuals from the time, which kind of advance the story and explain his background. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about this is it's really hard. I was looking through it to see if I can get like Deadpool's best moments with that. and It's really hard to do that for this series because there's so many things that are introduced or that are that are paid off way later like i forgot comics could be that dense sometimes you know what i mean yeah like we get we're used to the these days i think it's more the short-term events mm-hmm. or the short-term miniseries mm-hmm. whereas this is an ongoing where it's over 33 issues and stuff plays out throughout the whole 33 and um, there's some nice stuff that's you know interesting for the movie like um i think it's like weasel's already in place for this who's tj miller is the director is it no, no, no uh, Tim Miller's the director. T.J. Miller's in it. Yeah. Uh, he's playing Weasel in that. Uh, Blind Al, Blind Al character is just introduced out of nowhere. There's no explanation of who she is. She's an old woman who lives in the dead Hut. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Deadpool's house. And <laughs> it's not really explained who she is for a long time. She's a cranky lady who deals with him, and, you know, puts, uh, puts sugar salt on his cornflakes. Pisses <laughs> him off like that. And it is funny. There's plenty of stuff going on like that. And he's constantly trying to make money and things like that. But what I really liked about this series is that it sets him up as someone who's thinking of changing. It kind of plays into a little bit from the miniseries before this where Copycat, who is, I think, the basing hit Morena Baccarin's character of this in the movie. She's at one point, I did, like, I, I did love you once, but I've moved past all the bad shit that happened. You haven't. Mm-hmm. Yes, Weapon X turned you into a, a Canadian superhuman program, fucked you up. And yes, you've had all the bad shit happen to you. And um, that sucks, but you can't let that drive you forever. Mm-hmm. And the point of this series is that, yeah, he's, he's thinking maybe I could change. But the beautiful thing is that every time that there's someone convinces him or he convinces himself that, oh, maybe I can be, like he's always resisting people who are trying to get the change. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he kind of says, I might be able to actually do some good. And they've always kind of not said what they need him to do to be a hero. And then when it comes to actually doing something where he will get to save people, mm-hmm. it just kills more people. <laughs> and he'd be like, what? Like, you know, it, they could have just told him, we need you to go here and kill this person. And he probably would have done it and it would be no art. But as yeah. it is, he's kind of bummed about the fact that I've been trying not to kill people. Yeah. And just shit happening with that. Um, it is, you know, funny. Some of the references are a bit out of date now because it was 97. Um, there's a nice, one of the annuals is a nice thing because, like, he wasn't in the Wolverine side of Weapon X. He was like, he got rejected. Mm-hmm. His, his healing factor didn't happen. It's in the 97 annual, I think it is. Mm-hmm. The 98 annual is great because he ends up teaming up with Daredevil mm-hmm. to go after Typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole history there the 97 one also it has him he's a relationship with death of the Marvel Universe his girlfriend yes and there's a nice interrelationship going on there and how like she's kind of oh he can see me and she's hot for his bones because of that mm-hmm. which is a really weird thing <laughs> so there's this huge inter- this, this huge threat is coming up and he has been prophesied to be the one to usher in an age of peace and understanding and enlightenment and he's like what? get the fuck out of here and it kind of just builds on that, and there's little stories that happen in between it, but there's always that background thing. It gets really fucking dark when you find out who Blind Out, uh, the, rela- the real relationship with Blind Out. Al. Mm-hmm. It's always just seen as jokey, but there's an awful, terrifying history there, mm. and Weasel finds that out at one point. And I really enjoyed this. It's a, available in the big book. The big book also includes, I think it's an Amazing Spider-Man. Is it Amazing, or is it Spectacular, or is it... Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man number 611, which ends up with... You know, Spider Man is also a very chatty character and it ends up with Dead Deadpool's hard to it's a it's a standalone, so it's just Deadpool's hard to keep Spider Man busy mm-hmm. and they end up having a yo mama fight on <laughs> a basketball court. <laughs> and it's great. So I was surprised how good Deadpool can be. I'm working through an awful lot of other ones. I'll probably talk about them more when I'll finish writing the fucking article. Um but it's uh it's a bit hard to be a jumping on point because there's a, back, a lot of back history there. But mm-hmm. I think they, they explain things well as they go along. So it's, joke. it's available in one big book in the Joe Killiam omnibus. So it's, keep an eye on Comixology. They've already had two Deadpool sales. I'm pretty sure they're going to have another couple before the movie comes out. So it's definitely one to grab if you can get it for cheap. Cool. Cool. All right. So and ends our show, True Believers. <laughs> so we will see you next time.
2: All right. Thanks for listening.